Hello, and welcome to Cavancast, where I am talking to you on this fine day from probably my favourite place in the world. No, not being ambushed by twenty puppies at once. Scotland. Though now the the twenty puppies thing is pretty up there as well, so hmm. I might have to do some thinking on that one. And I've just realized that saying fine, like this fine day, fine means really good and exceedingly high quality, but also means really average and not really impressive at all. That is a strange thing that the English language does. At this point, I'm just going to learn a different language. I have, I've started learning German. Um, And I know there's a German friend of mine who listens to this podcast because it helps her with her English. And I've had a few messages from people saying that this podcast helps with their learning of English as like a second or third language. And for that, I can only apologize and also say you're welcome. Because if you go into some conversations with English-speaking people with some things that I say, you're going to get some funny looks. You're going to get some funny looks. I'll tell you that right now. So I apologize in advance. Um, yeah, I hope you're well. Anyway, I hope you're doing all right. Um, I hope you're more than fine. I hope you're more than just fine. I hope there's been some progress in your week in some way, shape or form. Regardless of what you have done, though, I'm sure you didn't have as good a night as I did this week when I was sat in a hotel bar listening to pop punk, playing Jenga with friends, not with myself. I realized you can't play. Well, you can kind of play Jenga with yourself. Um, What can't you play? What What is the game you can't play with yourself that I realized this recently that I really wanted to play? Oh, Heads Up. You can't play Heads Up with yourself, which is annoying because I like being on my own, but I also like playing Heads Up. And you just, yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that, which is annoying. Heads Up is a really good game, though. Uh, anyway, in a hotel bar, listening to pop punk, playing Jenga, uh, after having, just having um, had waffles and ice cream delivered to the hotel I love being an adult sometimes when two dogs came in to the hotel and were ridiculously affectionate the owners were lovely so I got to play with them for like 15 minutes it was great what a night if you can beat that I'd be very surprised don't mean to don't mean to be uh, flexing my evening on you like that, but I am feeling pretty good, I'm not going to lie. However, I did lose Jenga, so it wasn't all amazing. But nothing is ever perfect, so we move, we move. If you haven't listened to Cavan Cast before, welcome in, hello. What happens here is I use a random word generator to generate five random words, and then just Talk about whatever comes to mind. I let my mind loose on these verbal gifts the internet has presented to me, and I see what happens. Sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's very niche, sometimes it is surface level, sometimes it is as deep 
as the undiscovered 95% of the ocean. And uh, I do all that while you hang out and chill and nap and relax, hopefully, and do whatever you want to do, man. Um, Maybe you're playing with dogs in a hotel bar. (laughs) Let's face it, probably not. That was my amazing night. Sorry, I've got to stop rubbing that in. I might just go hang out in hotels now. You know how, like, some people, like, go hang out in hotels waiting for, like, you know, a potential partner for the evening? I'm just going to do it and hang out with dogs. You know, because if people are coming to a hotel, they're probably happy to have their dogs taken off them for, like, taken off their hands for, like, like 10 minutes or something so they can have a breather. Maybe they've had a long day. And, you know, you know, I think that there's more chances than that. <laughs> So yeah, this is this is Gavin Cast. Hello, um, and for those of you coming back, hello and welcome back. It's nice to nice to have you here again, and nice to be here. The first word of today is a fun word: popcorn. 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 The first word of the day is popcorn. Yay. And um, I feel like normal people would just throw out the old, like, oh, do you prefer salty or sweet popcorn? That's some, like, bad first Tinder date questioning. We don't do any of that here. No, 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 no. Firstly, because we all know that it's toffee or caramel that rules over this kingdom. Or butter. But you don't really get butter popcorn over here. Um... Also, the, the toffee and caramel stuff doesn't really tend to get stuck in your teeth as much as the normal stuff. Well, not as much anyway. Popcorn is amazing. But, you know, getting those little, like, what are they called? Kernels stuck in your teeth for ages. Not such a fan of that. They get stuck in there so long, sometimes they come out as generals. <laughs> get it? Because, yeah, general is above colonel, right? It is right. I'm going to say yes. Have confidence in your jokes. I think uh, popcorn's like one of the only appropriate foods that is sold in cinemas or movie theatres. Any kind of like performative establishment, really. Because when you when you eat it, it's not that noisy. There's like a little crunching from, from here to there. Yeah, for sure. That's fine. But it it sounds a lot louder to the eater than the audience so it's it's kind of okay um so as long as you have some kind of situational awareness for the quiet parts of said production that you're watching whenever whatever that may be um which is becoming rarer and rarer these days apparently self-awareness not naming any names samantha I was going to say I don't know why I chose Samantha, but I know exactly why I chose Samantha there. It's because I watched Sex and the City for the first time, and I have never watched Sex and the City before. I don't know how I've never watched it before. Like, I've watched, like, I've seen, like, trailers, and I know what the characters look like, and blah, 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 blah. And I was watching it, and you know what I discovered? There is a lot of sex and a lot of city in this show I thought it was all gonna be a little bit inferred 
you know, slightly sexy and like, ooh, sexual tension in the the hustle and bustle of the Big Apple that is New York. Nah, peeps be shagging, bro. It's the friggin' fornication nation out there. God damn. <laughs> I was so shocked. Why was I so shocked that there is sex and the city in a show called Sex and the City? Uh, anyway, don't eat popcorn in the quiet bits in cinemas or have sex because you will get pregnant and die. I've already made that reference in the last episode, but it's a good one and it keeps popping into my head. So I don't care. So, yes, as I was saying, popcorn is the only appropriate food they sell in cinemas, apart from like maybe Haribo. Or something like that. Because every other fruit, fruit, every other fruit, every other food crunches, man. Nachos, crisps, friggin' Maltesers. It's ridiculous, man. Do they not want us to have a relaxing experience? Maybe I just have that um, misophonia, that thing where certain sounds really annoy you. Misophobia? Misophonia. Phonia, because it's audio, isn't it? Um, there was a girl I went to school with, actually, that, among other things, uh, couldn't, she couldn't stand whistling. Like, really couldn't stand it. Um, and so, anytime I would whistle in the same class as her, she'd be like, please, for the love of God, stop. Like, asking really nicely with her words, but her eyes were like saying, if you don't shut your damn mouth and stop whistling, I'm going to be tearing those lips off your face. It's the eyes, man. The eyes never lie. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't an asshole about it. Maybe I was. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Maybe once or twice. But sometimes I just, I'm just a fan of a little ditty. Like I said, so... um. Yeah, whatever video game I was playing at the moment, the tune probably came out and caused her great distress. I am sorry. Uh... So if sounds like that annoy you, you may have misophonia. If you didn't know the word for it. Mind you, if you're here, it means you probably have the opposite of misophonia, which is ASMR. I guess. I guess that's the opposite. Good tingles instead of bad tingles. Yeah. I love that, like, um... I love that polarization. Division? Polarization? Polarization. Um, sounds cooler. The, the polarization of people who love ASMR... And then there's people who really, really do not love ASMR at all. It's like a real Marmite thing. No, Marmite popcorn, that could be a thing. I'm sure that's a thing. That must be a thing. I used to work at a theatre and we sold like all different kinds of popcorn. Not Marmite, but, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if we suddenly did. You know how last time I was talking about aromatic flavoured things? We sold like rose popcorn. It was disgusting. It was so bad. Um, but yeah, they do twiglets, don't they? They're Marmite chips, crisps, 
things. So yeah, maybe. But yeah, this whole, this whole segment is just a PSA for not eating loudly in the theater, I guess, because it's one of my pet peeves. Just have some respect, will you? Thank you. I appreciate you. I did see a cool thing about popcorn recently. What was it? Like it pops up if you do a certain thing. Oh, I can't remember. It's No, I don't think it's going to come to me. I'll let you know if I do remember. Um, but how, wait, how does it do it? Popcorn. Also called popped corn. No one calls it popped corn. Um, it's a variety of corn kernel which expands and puffs up when heated. The same names also refer to the foodstuff produced by the expansion. A popcorn kernel's strong hull contains the seed's hard, starchy shell endosperm. Oh my god, why does this why is this written like an erotic novel? <laughs> A popcorn kernel's strong hull contains the seed's hard, starchy shell endosperm. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Like, I'm all for audio erotica, but not about popcorn, dude. Um, with 14 to 20% moisture, which turns to steam as the kernel is heated, pressure from the steam continues to build until the hull ruptures, allowing the kernel to forcefully expand to 20 to 50 times its original size and then cool. That is so dramatic, dude. The hull ruptures? Dude, it's popcorn. Not rupture corn. Rupture corn is a good name for a metal band, though. We are rupture corn, and this is sweet and salty. Death. Yeah, man. Uh, corn was domesticated about 10,000 years ago in what is now Mexico. Archaeologists discovered that people have known about popcorn for thousands of years. Fossil evidence from Peru suggests that corn was popped as early as 4,700 BC. How? How do you get popcorn fossils? They be finding everything in fossils these days. Like, can you... Come on. If you, if you want to say something existed thousands of years ago... All you have to do is, like, change a Wikipedia article to say there was fossil evidence of it. No, dude, like, def like giraffes had, like, three butts, like, 10,000 years ago. Dude, no, they found fossils of it. For sure. For sure, man. I'm telling you, it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> they had fossils, bro. <laughs> oh, God. Um... I love how it said corn was domesticated as well. Like, okay, yeah, before that, it was known as wild corn. <laughs> and it used to attack anyone. The, the, <laughs> used to attack anyone that tried to make it pop it and eat it. Make it pop it? Make it pop and eat it. Pop it. Pop, 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 pop. Twist it. Crunch it. Um, feral corn. Feral corn. I would be lying if I didn't admit that I really want to change the Wikipedia article to include that now. Before that, it was known as wild corn. But I'm not going to, because self-discipline is a virtue. I, oh, okay, I was about to move on to the next word, but I've just realized something. I have, oh my god. 
please let this be a thing. Is it called popcorn chicken at KFC because it's made by the colonel? Is that... It, have I just... Is that, no, is that a known thing? There's no way that's a coincidence. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm just saying it's the truth. I don't care if Wikipedia has it or not. That must be... That must be the reason it's a thing. I will hear no other reasoning. My word is law. And now we're going to move on to Slink. Slink. You guys remember Slinkies? Do I want to, you know, pronounce any of those words I just said? Do you all remember Slinkies? There we go. Are they a thing still? Are they a thing? Yes, they are. They are still a thing. And I'll tell you how I know, because I went to a, a arcade, an arcade, not too long ago that was attached to a bowling alley. Don't know why you need that detail, but I'm giving it to you anyway. And um, I, I, you know, I smashed out some basketballs into hoops, killed some zombies with a fake gun and a shoot 'em up game. Nailed the high score on Flappy Bird, like the big version of Flappy Bird that they have in there. And I won me hella tickets, son. I was balling in tickets. And what did I spend those tickets on? Two slinkies, bitch. That's right. And they stayed in my van for a uh, a really long time, keeping me company. Traffic jam on the M25? Don't worry about it. Slinky. Waiting in line at the Macca's drive-thru for the person in front of me to get their order of five Big Mac meals, four chicken legends, 20 nuggets, three McFlurries, two apple pies, nine cheeseburgers, and a McCrispy. Slinky. Or or the KFC drive-thru waiting for a load of popcorn chicken. (laughs) Aha. Um, what else? Just got dumped, crying in your car? Slinky. See, there is no situation that a slinky could not make at least marginally better. I am not sponsored by slinkies. The rainbow ones always look cooler though, didn't they? The, than the um Than the straight up metal ones. But the metal ones were way more practical. Than the, than the the straight up metal ones, but the metal ones were way more practical and could do way more. I feel like it was invented years ago, like the old school metal one, but the rainbow one is way more recent. Blah 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 blah. The slinky is a pre-compressed helical 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 spring toy. Yeah, helix is like a helix, isn't it? Spring toy invented by Richard T. James in the early 1940s. It can perform a number of tricks, including travelling down a flight of steps, end over end, as it stretches and reforms itself with the aid of gravity and its own momentum, or appear to levitate for a period of time after it has been dropped. These interesting characteristics have contributed to its success as a toy in its home country of the United States, resulting in many popular toys with slinky components in a wide range of countries. 
1940 sounds about right. Well, hey, kid, how'd you like to try out the new slinky toy? Oh, boy, would I? No fooling? That's right, kid. So when was the plasticky rainbow one? When did that come out? Uh, plastic slinkies are also available. They can be made in different colors. Many of them are made with the colors of the rainbow in rainbow order. Like Skittles. They were marketed in the 1970s as a safer alternative to, 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 to metal slinky. Really? To metal slinkies, as they did not present a hazard when inserted into electrical sockets. Amazing. Amazing. I worry, as a society, that a toy has to be changed from metal to plastic and marketed as safer because people are sticking it into electrical sockets. It must be a kid thing. Well, who knows? Should have kept it metal. They've got to learn somehow. That was a joke, uh, just in case my inflection <laughs> was any kind of off there. <laughs> uh, the Slinky was originally priced at $1, but many paid much more to, due to price increases of spring steel in Pennsylvania. It has, however, remained modestly priced throughout its history as a, as a result of Betty James's concern about the toy's affordability for less affluent customers. This is to, Who would have thought talking about Slinky would turn into a, a cultural, socio-economic lesson of history? In addition to its use as a toy, it has been used as a classroom teaching tool as a portable and extendable radio antenna in wartime, particularly the Vietnam War, and in NASA physics demonstrations, as when astronaut Margaret Ray Seddon demonstrated its behavior in zero gravity during a telecast from the Discovery Space Shuttle in 1985. That is cool as shit. It was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame at the Strong in Rochester, New York, in 2000. In 2003, it was named to the Toy Industry Association's Century of Toys list. In its first 60 years, about 300 million have been sold. I, I totally agree with this. It's one of the best toys that's ever been invented, along with the yo-yo, the skipping rope, the... You know those little egg things that don't fall over? That... So many, so many toys. I always wanted a um, a slinky dog, like Slinky Dog from Toy Story. I actually did have one once, but it wasn't. He wasn't a real slinky because although he had the slinks, he also had like a bit of string or rope attaching his head to his butt. So I kind of felt cheated. He could slink like a few inches, which some might say is a lot. <laughs> but I wanted, but I wanted the real thing. I wanted the real thing. Yeah, I also had a, like a a Woody that didn't even have a pull string. I had a terribly neglectful childhood, it seems. Uh. I keep joking that this podcast is like my therapy, but 
now it's starting to get serious and I'm kind of worried. There's also that guy on um, on TikTok that has like those really, really cool slinky skills. Goes around pranking people by holding the slinky in one hand, but like making the, like throwing the other end to make it like land on people's heads and just be like, bloop, and then spring back. That's kind of fun, man. As far as pranks go, those pranks are, I think they're all right. Because you're not really harming anyone. It's just like a little bloop. You know, not like the people who go up behind other people and, you know, put buckets on their head in Walmart and stuff. Or go up behind people and just shout. They, those people can get in the bin, I think. I'm just done with them. I'm just against most public pranks in general. It's just shitty. Slinky, though. Inherently fun. Light-hearted. You can't be mad. You can't really be mad at... You can't really be mad at a bloop on the head. You know. One more time. Bloop. There we go. It'd make my day better, to be honest, I think. I want a slinky now. Slinky dog. Okay, I'm going to move on before I cry. I have no segue for this, but the next word is cook. I don't know how I would have been able to get from slinky to cook, but... Oh, uh, I guess it... I guess slinkies kind of look like pasta. How do you make pasta? You cook it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Baby... I don't know. But yeah, cook. I don't I don't know when it happened and I don't know why it happened, but at some point in my life I went from calling ham and ramen toasties, yep, calling ham and ramen toasties a meal to being able to cook some things that if I may be so bold would have been right at home in a restaurant. Kind of a claim, but I think so. Not Gordon Ramsay's restaurant or anything. He would definitely be screaming at me at the top of his lungs. But like a, you know, like a good sort of hole in the wall type of place where you could, you know, you just walk past and you go, oh, that could be nice. Should we, should we try that place? Yeah, looks a bit different. Yeah, but is it good different? Well, I don't know. How will we know unless we try? Yeah, but I just, I, I don't want to take the risk, you know? We've been looking forward to this night out for a while, and I I just don't want it to be ruined by making the wrong choice. Okay, well, then we should have booked somewhere before we came out. No, because I want it to be spontaneous. This is spontaneous. No, this is too spontaneous. I want it to be good spontaneous. Oh my god, can we just go in the restaurant, please? Many of you probably thought that that bit was about a relationship between two people. No, no, just the conversations I have with myself when I go out by myself, with myself. Yeah, so food in that type of place, that's, um, that's what I, that's where I, uh, I make it happen. I had a friend growing up that would just throw things into a pot and it seemed to work. So I've, um, I've tried to adopt that system and it works you know 60% of the time it works every time and I think I think the whole cooking with love thing I think that's very true I've definitely seen responses to my food 
be very different depending on what mood I'm in. Just just from people's faces, because, you know, overanalyzing people's expressions comes in handy when they're tasting food, because you can just tell. Like the enchilada episode in Schitt's Creek. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with Schitt's Creek at the moment. I'd love it. If you haven't watched it, it's phenomenal. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but I never really watched it before, but now I'm watching it properly and it's ah, oh, fantastic. Um, Yeah, cooking with love. The extra ingredient is love. What's that? Is that it? The extra ingredient is love. Oh no, it's The Simpsons. It's Professor Frank, isn't it, when he gets the results of a test and he goes, well, according to this thing, the secret ingredient is love. Uh, man, I love cooking things, man. It's like therapy. What are my favorite things to cook, you ask? Pancakes, man. Love cooking pancakes. And I'm actually quite excited because it's about to be pancake day. Oh my God, soon, so soon. Yes. Oh, anything breakfasty or brunchy, really, to be honest. That's that, and that is why you want me at a party because the morning after, I will be that guy cooking pancakes and bacon and eggs and waffles and all of that for you to wake up to. Um, it's it's like it helps the it helps the morning after vibe for me. That's also like the only responsible part of me. <laughs> the other sides, no, nah, not so good. Like, oh, sorry, man, sorry, I smashed that like expensive vase last night. Here's some bitch and waffles, though. You're gonna love them. <laughs> Cooking is like cooking is a love language for sure, right? Like that must go way back because it's, I guess it's artistic. It is artistic, isn't it? Cooking's artistic. Cooking is an art. Um, you know, some people write songs. Some people cook amazing meals. But like back in um, back in school, for me, I always had this affinity with. With like music and performing and that kind of area of things. But I had a friend, his name was Joel, who for some reason was just an incredible cook. Like incre- like junior bake-off level. Well, now it'd be normal bake-off, but back then, yeah, just like one of those kids that's just crazy good for like... Yeah, different. This is a different friend from the chuck everything in and just see what happens, friend. This guy, this guy just had like mad natural and also, and also technical skills. Everyone's just got their thing, I guess, man. Everyone just has their thing. What do you think came first, cooking or singing? Let's find out. Because initially you'd say cooking, right? Because fire. But I don't know, man. People way back in the caveman days might have had them pipes, you know, like the um, like the Aristocats song. Everybody wants to be a cat because a cat's the only cat. Oh no, no, I've started too early. That's way too early in the song. 
Square with a horn makes you wish you were born in a tiny place. Oh, we're rinky dinky dinky. But with a square in the act, you can send music back to the caveman days. Yeah, that one. Okay, so the the precise origins of cooking are unknown. But at some point in the distant past, early humans, humans, early humans conquered fire and started using it to prepare food. Researchers have found what appear to be the remains of campfires. Oh, there's that fossil thing again. Remains of campfires made 1.5 million years ago by Homo erectus, one of the early human species. In fact, anthropologists such as Richard Wrangham have argued that cooking played an essential role in human evolution. Yeah, for sure. Cooking foods makes them more digestible, so the calories and some of the nutrients in them are easier to absorb. Thus, cooking allowed early humans to tap into a wider variety of food sources and gain more nutrition from them. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm still going to say singing came first. Because babies do it, don't they? I suppose it's what do you class as singing? Like that's technically singing. La 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 la. What was that? La 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 la. What's that? Oh God, that's going to annoy me. Someone tell me what that is. God damn it. Some little jingle. Whatever. Singing came first, but cooking is good. There we go. I don't think they would have been very clean back then, regardless. But I imagine they didn't have nice bars of soap. Ha ha, that's a segue to the next word, which is soap. Soapy, soapy goodness. Wonderful invention for hygiene. For keeping all your bits clean. In between your fingies and your toes. You can wash yourself. You can wash your bros. Soap is all about being selfless, really. Helping others. Stayed in a hotel recently. The, the hotel that had the dogs in it. Um... They had a nice, they had a very nice smelling soap. It was nice. It was just, it was pleasant. It was citrusy. It was good. It wasn't, it didn't just smell like soap, but not like to the lush level. You know what I mean? Um, they didn't clean up the broken glass outside my hotel room for a while, but the soap smelled nice. I didn't put the broken glass there either. They they were just like. Yeah, we'll clean it. And then they didn't. Um, I was nearly late, actually, for the thing I needed to go to because I I just kept smelling the soap. I was like, hmm. And it was. It, I also had a like a shower, and it was a really big shower. And I found myself. Um, I found myself dancing to. Oh yeah, okay. So I've had this song in my head for a while, for like the last four days. And it's a real throwback. And now I'm going to get it in your head. And you're going to hate me for it. So if you really don't want a song in your head, then 
skip ahead like 10 seconds. But if you're a masochist like me, then... I'm through with standing in line, the clubs I'll never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win. This life is not turned out quite the way I want it to be. Yep, you are welcome. Good old Rockstar by Nickelback. And if you remember the video, it's like, it's just like a load of people lip syncing to the song, living their best lives, which is exactly what I was doing in the shower. I would have been right at home in that video. They would have had to blur my particulars, but um, it would have been really fun. Really fun. Hey, hey, I want to be a rock star. Um, all like lathered up with soap, using the bottle as a microphone. You know it. Hell yeah. We've all done it. We've all done it. That bathroom was weird as well. The door was like frosted glass. And it did blur like everything. But if, you know, if housekeeping was to come in while I was on the toilet, while I was sitting on toilet, I wouldn't be totally convinced that they wouldn't get a rather obvious silhouette of your boy doing the um, the thinking man pose, if you know what I mean. But yeah, soap, man. Speaking of Lush, I think I still have the smell in my nose from the last time I went into a Lush, like, six months ago. Maybe it was the store's fault. Maybe it's because I tested to see if the stuff that looked like cake really wasn't cake. Sometimes you just have to see these things for yourself, you know. Remember that episode? Remember last episode I was talking about critical thinking? Exactly. You need to be forming your own opinions in this world, my guy. Otherwise, we are just sheep. Just sheep. With the man. The man trying to trick us. With soap. And lies. Soap and glory? More like... Soap and stories. Yeah. Soap was probably invented by the government, man. To keep you in line, man. Wash your hands. Keep your armpits clean. Don't question the system. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine? Aliens are real. Your soap is listening to you. Uh, now, how is it? Um, how was soap actually invented? The history of soap is a long one. That's okay, because we got time dating back thousands of years to ancient Babylon. Wow, that is a long one. <laughs> Chapter one of three hundred and sixty-four. Uh, humans have built on that knowledge to create the soaps and detergents we use to clean dishes and laundry our homes and ourselves today. Evidence has been found that ancient Babylonians understood soap making as early as 2800 BC. Archaeologists have found soap-like material in history. Oh my god, fossils, fossils and soap. That's how the government did it. That's how the government did it. They just changed the Wikipedia article to say, oh yeah, they found soap like 2,800 years ago. <laughs> These cylinders uh, were inscribed... Oh, uh, they, they found soap-like material in historic clay cylinders from this time. These cylinders were inscribed with what we understand as saying fats boiled with ashes, which was a method of making soap. 2,800 BC, man. That's how long the man has been keeping you down. Go against soap. 
Never wash again. There's definitely some people that take that literally as well. But it's okay. Because you will, you will smell those people long before you see them. And you can leave before they ever trap you in a conversation about why you shouldn't wash. Unless you listen to a podcast by one of them. Dun 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 Can't smell that coming. Um... Records show ancient Egyptians bathed regularly. The Ebers, Ebers Papyrus? Ebers Papyrus? A medical document from about 1500 BC describes combining animal and vegetable oils with alkaline salts to form a soap-like material used for treating skin diseases, as well as for washing. Hmm. Many other ancient civilizations also used early forms of soap. Soap got its name from an ancient Roman legend about Mount Sapo. Rain would wash down the mountain, mixing with animal fat and ashes, resulting in a clay mixture to make cleaning easier. Sounds believable. Not. Sounds like something the government would come up with. Oh yeah, it just came down the mountain. You know, crazy things happen on that mountain. Mount Sapo. But they didn't even strain any muscles, didn't did they? Like, calling it soap. Dude, just change the letters around. They won't even notice. <laughs> the chemistry of soap manufacturing stayed essentially the same until 1916. During World War I and again in World War II, there was a shortage of animal and vegetable fats and oils that were used in making soap. Chemists had to use other raw materials instead, which were synthesized into chemicals with similar properties. These are what are known today as detergents. Today, most things we call soap are actually detergents. It has become so common to call detergents soap that most people would be confused if you asked for a liquid hand detergent when shopping. <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to be that guy. Hey man, do you have any soap? I couldn't find any in the bathroom. <laughs> Don't you mean liquid hand detergent? <laughs> I already hate me. <laughs> I'm going to move on before I, I want to block myself on Twitter, I think. The last word is labor. Labor labor's an interesting one. Um, especially to end on. I've thought, I've thought a lot about words like this recently and I think for most of us when we hear the word labor it tends to conjure up images of negativity negativity difficulty hardship that kind of thing if something is laborious it's it's not it doesn't tend to be seen as a good thing but we all know words are just sounds, right? And what matters is the meaning of the sounds to us. Um, labor and adversity and hardship and all, all that kind of thing, that they're incredibly necessary for what is, in my opinion, a good life. Not an easy life, but easy doesn't always mean good. Um which was something I, that took a while for me to wrap my head around. Like, you take the idea of labor during pregnancy, right? Seen as one of the one of the hardest things someone who can give birth can go through. But at the end of it, 
providing everything goes well, a life is brought into this world, like an entire beautiful life with nothing but time, with nothing but time to experience this world, to add beauty to it, to add so many things to it. And that's a truly amazing thing. I think I tried to hide away from hardship for a long time. I thought I'd, I'd had enough of it. I was done with it. I didn't want any more because I never saw the amazing things that came from it. I hadn't healed in any way enough from it to see it. I definitely wouldn't be here talking to you like this. I might have a podcast, but it would be dog shit. I wouldn't understand how important it is to be able to have a place to be calm. I wouldn't have any care or any urge to want to impart that information to other people. I just don't think I'd give much of a shit. I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not even particularly great, to be honest, but I truly feel that I would be quite the asshole without the things I've labored through. Not to say I'm never an asshole. I am. I'm human. We all are. But I care about making amends for it when it happens. And so now, because I've reached a point where I can see the potential that has come from those things that I've made it through, when I go through new problems and face new challenges and encounter more adversity, it has become far easier to embrace because I have the confidence that something good will come of it in some way, not always in ways that we realize or that are obvious, could be really subtle, but it's always there in some way. You can't waste the pain and struggle from things you've experienced on being solely angry that you had to go through them. Be angry, yes, but please do not let that be the only thing you put back out into the world because of it. And with that, I am going to leave you to go embrace the challenges, the big and the small. And while you do it, I would love for you to take care of yourself and be kind to yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I hope you're feeling a bit more chill than when we first started. And I am very much looking forward to speaking to you soon. Okay. Goodbye.